Podcast 21, Identity, Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade and the Suicide Crisis, currently in America. Welcome to the Linda Brightman Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Brightman. God has called me to build the identity of Christians. Whether you're a new Christian or a seasoned leader, let me ask you one question. If I could crawl inside your mind for 24 hours, would I have a good day? I wanted to make this podcast right away to speak about the suicide crisis in America right now and to speak from the perspective of a woman of faith. The suicide crisis has come to the forefront with the suicide of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade in particular, because these people, these two people were famous and rich and had attained uh, great success in the world, we all knew them and we all had some kind of relationship to them. They were likable people, funny people, clever people, but there was obviously some inner turmoil that we just didn't see, we didn't see and didn't know. Now, I don't know to what degree there was mental illness or depression and what was going on. We, I don't, we don't know yet, um, unless something came out in the news just within the past few hours I'm not aware of. But nonetheless, people have a secret inner life, an inner thought life, that we just don't know about. Even loved ones and family often say about somebody who committed suicide how it came as a surprise. They had no idea. Well, you know, my specialty is identity, specifically our identity in Christ and seeing ourselves through God's eyes as God sees us. And the, the, these in the news who committed suicide, I consider what, how they saw themselves and what their identity was. Now, let me go back to a, a biblical example of suicide, and that is Judas. Judas went for money over God, ultimately. And he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. Now, what happened after he did that and betrayed Jesus, um, Judas was obviously distraught. He didn't repent to God. Uh, He instead chose to commit suicide by hanging himself because he saw no way out. And people who commit suicide don't see any way out. It's like they don't have hope. Well, where is your hope? You listening to this, where is your hope? Judas went for the silver. Now, instead of God, he chose money. And then after he got the money and saw what he had done, he regretted it. Not to the point of repentance or, I I mean, it's like he didn't really know God 
Because God's always there with open arms to take us in and to not only forgive us, to, to restore us and to wash us and give us a clean slate, like a completely white, clean slate to start over. And that's what he does when we come to him sincerely and, and say, God, man, I, I totally messed up. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, so Judas sells out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Now, in the book of Acts, Peter sees a, a lame beggar at the gate to Jerusalem, and the beggar wants to be healed. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. And then he said, take up your mat and walk. Peter knew that the gold and the silver, the riches of this world, were not going to give this man what he needed. And that's really the heart of this topic is what we need, what we really, really need, doesn't come from this world. We can't find it in this world. The best counselors, the best medications. Listen, I'm not against counseling and medi medications. Sometimes we have an imbalance in our bodies and, and you need it. I'm talking about where the rubber meets the road, we're concerned. And in this, in this situation with the, the guy who needed healing at the gate, he, what he needed had to come from heaven. Because in that day and age, there is no plan B. There's no other, other way. You know, I go into third world countries, and I've been in to third world countries three times within the past, oh, about nine months. And I pray for sick people. And I see them get healed right and left. And I contend. Because in third world countries, these people don't have a plan B. They don't have the the right the medicines or the doctors, the expertise, whatever. Maybe they don't have the money to be able to go. Or they've tried and there's just nothing. I have seen women instantly healed of arthritis in their knees. There's no plan B. And they need God and their faith is great. I'm reading a lot of different statistics on the suicide crisis and about how the, the rate of suicide has increased. Uh, one of the statistics said 30% over the past 20 years, and each year it's increasing more and more. And then I googled uh, songs about suicide, and there have been so many songs on the radar about suicide and glorifying suicide. I, I also see how we have become so isolated because of our cell phones, primarily, okay, our cell phones, uh, from one another. All of these things, so many factors contribute to the going higher suicide rate. But I think the key factor in the suicide epidemic is people not knowing their identity. And what they believe is their identity is based on the world's view of success. The world's view of success is going to be things like 
how much, how many houses you can buy, how many cars you can buy, how well known you are in your field. And these, the people who committed suicide, these Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade had success, but it wasn't enough. And I've read about people, people who suddenly became wealthy and they bought as many cars as they wanted and bought the houses and then thought, now what? What, now what do I do? What, where do I find meaning and gratification in my life? In God's world, there's a very, very different view of success. It has nothing to do with your accomplishments in this world. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. Everything else that you need or all of that stuff, don't worry about it. And he said, don't worry. The Beatitudes, don't worry about your clothes and your, just don't worry about that. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. And one other thing that comes along with that is hope. With God, there is always hope. No matter how bleak things look, no matter how distraught you are, he is a God of love and he's a God of forgiveness. And he gives us hope. And in, uh, in the Old Testament, verse that people absolutely love, it says, God gives us hope and a future. No matter what is going on, there's always hope and there's always a future. And when I think, my, my, uh, a friend of mine asked me this morning, has suicide ever been something you thought about or wrestled with? And I said, no, it just doesn't enter into the equation. It's like I, for me, I, 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 I know too much. I mean, it's like I, I love God. I have a, a relationship with God. Now, look, I'm not being judgmental or critical or anything of these of people who have committed suicide, or I don't want this to reflect in any way on, on them or you know the the pain that their families are going through. But to those of you who are hearing this and who are taking a look at this whole suicide thing, and maybe you've had depressing thoughts or even suicidal thoughts where uh, you have experienced loss or, or shame, uh, a lot of what is at the heart of ultimately suicide is shame underneath everything. And I want to just say it again with God. There's always hope and that he loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And he is radically, wildly, extravagantly in love with you. It's like you can't even imagine how intense his love is for you. The real you, your true identity, is how God sees you and what God says about you. Not the world, not your teachers, not your mother, your father, your sister, your friends, advertisers, the TV. It's what God says about you. And he says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he created you and planned you, that you're wanted, that you're valuable, that you're important, that you're significant. 
And with God, there is forgiveness for the goofy things that we have done. And with God, he says, I work all things together for those who love me. That's right. Everything that's going on, the circumstances that you are in right now that look, they could look bleak, they could look great, they could look somewhere in, in between. And he says that for those who love me, if you, if you pursue me, if you, if you want a relationship with me, I'll work everything together for your good. I mean, how can we turn that down? Our identity in terms of who God is, who he says we are, is something that we can engage with. Here's the thing with God. He, we can know about him, but we can also experience him. He says many times, seek my face. He is knowable. He, he is somebody that we, you can experience his tangible presence. And as your faith grows, you can see him at work in your life, him uh, guiding you and giving you direction and showing you which way to go. He will show you the way out of difficult situations. He will continually reveal your identity. But here's a, a big key in all of this, and that is he calls us to renew our minds. And what that means is, is taking out the messed up, jacked up thoughts that we have that are negative and limiting and depressed and fearful and full of shame and all of that stuff. He says, renew your mind. Take all of that out and put what I say in, in its place. It's, it's like he's calling us to rewire our minds. It's called renewing your mind. So you take out the old and put in the new. And the new contains the supernatural God world where sick people get healed, where we see miracles and signs and wonders. It's a whole new, whole new world that opens up as we engage with God and, and move closer and closer to him in our relationship with him. There's a place in the New Testament that says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And that means when you at some point in your life have come to the foot of the cross and said, Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross. Forgive me for my sins. He started a work in you, a good work, and that he is faithful and well able to complete it. And I tell you this because no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you have done, he will complete the good work. And another key for us is to forgive ourselves. You know, sometimes we just were humans, right? And we can do dumb stuff. I do dumb stuff. It's like I'm the queen of do how to do dumb stuff. I could write a book on the dumb stuff I have done. And just even, oh, I'd say about four nights ago, I got up in the middle of the night. I was pacing around my bedroom in the dark. And out loud, I forgave myself for just some additional dumb thing that I did that I knew wasn't right and I done it and it wasn't right and I forgave myself 
something happened to me where all of this shame and yucky stuff, whatever you call it, lifted off of me. Now, I knew God had forgiven me because I asked him to, and he says that he will. He says when we come to him and ask for forgiveness, he will, and, and, and he makes us, washes us white, clean. But we also have to forgive ourselves. He's, remember how Jesus said the great commandments are love God and love your neighbor as yourself? Well, we're called to love ourselves, to love ourselves. And that means to forgive ourselves. I know so many of you listening, you hold things against yourself. Now, I don't know if you, where you are in your faith or if you even believe the devil exists, but he does and he doesn't play fair. And he is a sneak. And he wants to take those things that you hold against yourself and use them in such a way to destroy you. It's, it's vital that you forgive yourself. That this, God loves you so very much. And he is, he's saying, you love yourself too. I love you. And he created you. He created his masterpiece. That's what he calls you, his masterpiece. And how could we not love his masterpiece? I know it sounds, it's a different way for many people to look at things, but he's calling you to love yourself and be kind to yourself. Uh, forgive yourself and know that there's always hope. Okay, I, my heart just grieves for the loss that we have experienced with suicide. And with suicide, with this, it's almost, I don't want to say it's become popular. It's, a better word is uh, attention, that our attention has been drawn to this. And how serious things like mental illness is and depression and to become aware of what's going on with the people around us. But I, I strongly feel that there are things going on around us that we, we, we can't know because it is a secret thought life. So that's why I'm going after the war behind your eyes. I'm going after the war between your ears where you wrestle with things the deal. Uh, look, I'm not doing this to, I'm not promoting anything of mine. I, I actually have a free uh, encouragement video uh, class, a little mini class, which will really help you and help people who are wrestling with depression or giving up or no, whatever that you can even pass on to somebody. It's free. And you go to my website, lindabrightman.com, and you can, you can get that. And it'll be a really good tool, a starting place for you. And in that, I talk to you about why it's called Encourage Yourself, Activate Encouragement. And it, I talk about in the first video why you encourage yourself. In the second video, how 
to encourage yourself, give you practical tools on how to encourage yourself inside your head. And the third one is a video is about activating encouragement to activate that place of encouragement inside of you. And I will speak over you, uh, encouraging, uh, truths, biblical truths, old Testament, new Testament, biblical truths. So listen, I, I want to close this with, um, I just sense in my spirit, there's so much hurt and pain and confusion and wonder and questioning out there that the only place where you can find true answers is with God. And I'm going to pray right now with you to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart to forgive you for your sins, for all the for all that you have done knowingly or unknowingly against God and to really turn your life over to him. So I'm going to pray that right now. And listen, I don't care if at one point in time, if you invited Jesus in, but you walked away, recommit your life to him right now. And if you've never asked Jesus in, you hardly know anything about him. Take that first step of faith. You don't have to have it all figured out. You could even be saying, I don't know. I just don't take a step. When you take a step, toward God, he moves toward you. That's what he says. I'm, I'm here with my arms open, ready to embrace you. Come to me. Just take a step towards him. So close your eyes and just say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I need you. I want you. I can't figure out this life thing by myself. I know I wrestle with wrong thoughts. I say negative things to myself. And so much of the time, I have a war going on in my head. So Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. You died for me. The one you created. And you love me. And you want me. And you have a future for me. And in you, I have hope. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Show me who you are. Lord, I love you and I want to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. That prayer is the most important prayer of your life. And right now, I encourage you to get a hold of a Bible that you can understand. You know, it can be the New Living Translation or the Message Bible. There's a new one out called The Passion. Um, 
start reading the book of John in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and ask God to show you who he is as you read. Read really slowly and talk to him about who he is and what he's saying to you through this book. The Now, you know, we... I'm encouraging you to read the Bible because it is inspired by God. It's breathed on by God. And there's life in it. I know you may not understand that fully right now, but those words are alive. And they will pierce you inside and penetrate your whole being and come alive inside of you. Jesus did not die on the cross and stay dead. He rose again on the third day, and he is very much alive. And now he's very much alive inside of you. So start reading and asking him to show himself who he is, that you would get to know him. And um, find other uh, Christians that you can be with and learn with. Find a, a church that... Uh, you can go to and meet other Christians, and you can always email me and ask me questions. So, I love you guys, and speak blessing over you on just this new, awesome, wonderful God adventure that you're on. In Jesus' mighty name, I love you. Bye-bye.